This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Because if you can tell me what your habits are, I can tell you what sort of a person you are. I can tell you what your future looks like. But like I always say, life is 10% what happens to you. It's 90% what you do about it. The people who are most effective in the workplace believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past. When people don't believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past, they begin to disengage. You're listening to The Circuit of Success, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve success in every facet of life, only on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Now, your host, Brett Gilliland. Welcome to the Circuit of Success podcast. I'm your host, Brett Gilliland, and today we've got a two-time World Series champion, Todd Stottlemyre. How you doing, my friend? Brett, great. Great, uh, great to be here. Great to be on your podcast. Sir. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate the time. I know you're coming into St. Louis uh, with a busy, busy calendar and uh, coming over here to O'Fallon, our office, and recording. So uh, the way we start every show, Todd, as I probably told you, is, is to kind of take us back to you know what's made you the man you are today and the successful story you've got and uh, what's made you who you are today. Yeah, well, I, I think that uh, you know I'm the combination of a lot of great people. I've had a lot of great coaches, mentors along the way. Uh, for, you know, for me, it started in a place called Yankee Stadium where my father was, uh, you know, a uh, five-time All-Star for the New York Yankees, a three-time 20-game winner. And, you know, back in the 60s and 70s, uh, he had extraordinary teammates, Mickey Mantle, Roger Maris, Whitey Ford, Yogi Berra being his first manager. So having Yankee Stadium as a playground, it was like going to the School of Champions and just being around that environment and, and in that atmosphere and and, you know, just began to dream. And it was like, man, my father's got an incredible job. He plays a sport, a game of baseball. They call it a job. They pay him. When I grow up, I want to do that too. Yeah. And, you know, I was just lucky enough to live out the dream. And once again, I had extraordinary coaches and mentors along the way, obviously starting with my father. Right. So now did you play baseball then, I guess, at two years old? So your whole life you played baseball. Were you a year-round baseball guy? Or did you play other sports? No, you know what? I played other sports. Uh, I'm Actually, I'm a big believer uh, playing a lot of different sports. I think that, uh, you know, it, it creates the full athlete. And, and uh, you know, I think a lot of times, especially, you know, as you're younger, when you get pigeonholed into one sport, you become a one-dimensional athlete. And, you know, uh, the, the muscles and the fibers and all of that that come with playing football or playing basketball, soccer, baseball, uh, they're all different. And, you know, I have five children at home. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I have one that plays a uh, girl that plays soccer and does track. I have a son that plays football. He plays baseball. He plays basketball. And we encourage them to, to uh, you know, to play and perform and the things they love to do right. and, and stay away from a one-sport athlete. I like it. Yeah, you know, we talk about that all the time, especially with our athlete guest on here sometimes. In today's world, you probably see it with your kids. It's so many of these clubs and different things want you to play all year round one sport you know it's it's crazy and it's and it's almost you know it's kind of a trap in a sense you know you can get caught up in it uh obviously and and uh you feel like if you're not a part of it you're gonna get you're gonna fall behind and and you know i I would say that that can be the case you know for a short period of time but uh you know, I also think that there are there there you, you can run into the problem of burnout of one sport 
And, and you also not only burn out, but you, you know, the body starts to break down when you're doing one sport, nine, 10 months a year, and you're doing the exact same activities all the time. It's too much on a body and the body needs rest. Well, you know, as a pitcher too, I mean, seeing the arm and some of these kids now, how much they pitch from an early age on all year round. That's not good. I've never seen so many Tommy John elbow problems of kids, 16, 17, 18 than ever before. And really it's because they're playing baseball year round. Yeah, now you see it in the major leagues where guys are 23 years old and they can't even pl- pitch in the playoffs anymore. It's crazy. Yeah. Yep, it's crazy. So walk us through, Todd, if you don't mind. I mean, obviously to make it to the highest level possible in, in baseball, what what was your mental mindset as you went from, you know, the high school, did you, um, to, you know, the, the college age, minor leagues, majors? I mean, what did you do mentally to make sure you got to that highest level possible? Well, you know, I was, I had, first of all, I had a no quit attitude and, um, you know, and, and, and I had a dream that once again was inspired, uh, just growing up in an incredible environment and atmosphere. And, and the dream didn't just become a hope for me. It became something that I must do. And, and even though growing up and kind of going through the different ranks, you know, we had a lot of people, you know, telling our family and telling us, Hey, you're not like your dad. What are you going to do if this thing doesn't work out? And, and, you know, I, I didn't plan for a plan B if it didn't work out. I said, it's going to work out. And and so my goal and my dream became a must. And, you know, I just, you know, I went to bed thinking about baseball. I woke up thinking about baseball from high school on. And, right. and uh, but, you know, in 1988, making the major league team with the Toronto Blue Jays. And, and I'll never forget when Jimmy Williams called me in the last day of spring training. He says, you're going to be my fifth starter. And it was like a dream come true. But. It's one thing to make it. It's another thing to stay and compete at that level. And, you know, I got sent down twice. I got sent down in 1988 in, in uh, the end of August or the end of July uh, and then called back up September 1st. And then in 1989, I got sent down a second time back to AAA. And I would tell you, once you were there in the major leagues and you get sent back yeah. down to the minor leagues, it is crushing on you, yeah, you know, in your experience. mindset. Absolutely. And, the second time was uh, was really a pivot point for my career, and I just made the decision that uh, when I got back out of AAA this next time, that I just I had in my mind I was never coming back. And and uh, you know, one month later, I got called back to the big leagues, and then 15 years later, I ended up playing on some World Championships. Yeah. Teams. So, so tell us about that. So the '92, '93 World Series, and that, what 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 year was that? Wasn't it Joe Carter hit the uh... Joe Carter in 1993? You yeah. know, walk off. Yeah. You know, I was so lucky. I, I make a joke of it a lot of times. I said, it's pretty incredible being the worst player on the best club in the world. <laughs> you know, uh, you get paid like one of the best people right. in the world. But uh, I had extraordinary teammates, you know, and and uh, a lot of those teammates, you know, I think about, you know, Joe Carter. I think about Paul Mould or Dave Winfield. I think about Ricky Henderson, Dave Stewart. I think about Dennis Eckersley. I think about Mark McGuire. I, I think about all of these names, the – Randy Johnson's, the Kurt Schilling's, the Luis Gonzalez, the Mark Grace. This is incredible. The people that I got, had an opportunity to play with right here in St. Louis, Ozzie Smith and Willie yeah. McGee. Uh, I'll never forget, uh, you know, and playing with these guys that played in the Hall of Fame, but I'll never forget my first spring in 96 with the St. Louis Cardinals. Spring training game to the left of me is Bob Gibson and to the right of me is Lou Brock. I was in awe. And even though I grew up the son of a major leaguer, uh, you know, my dad competed against Bob Gibson uh, in game two, game five, game seven in the 1964 World Series. Wow. Lou Brock was hitting against him. 
And then there I am, you know, right between these two icons in the spring training. And it was so fun to listen to Gibby still yelling at hitters, still hating yeah. hitters. And, and Lou to the right of me was like, Bob, are you ever going to let, let up on these He's guys? Dude, you know? <laughs> He's awesome, man. So pretty incredible stuff. So I guess you probably, I don't know, maybe you do, but you ever get the, the awe struck? The, you know, does that ever go away or is it always just a kid? You know, kid in a candy store type. You know, thing. I never took it for granted. And I was just like, uh, you know, I, I remember being in, you know, Yankee Stadium, being in the clubhouse and watching Bobby Mercer in his rocking chair, yeah. and going fishing with Thurman Munson and and then seeing Mickey Mantle in the ice bath and, and all of those memories. But just, you know, even as a young kid, I would just watch them and try to learn from them and then try to mimic them and mirror them and do all those things. And. And, uh, you know, never changed for me, you know, and playing with some of the greats I played with and, and watching them succeed, watching them prepare, watching and learning from their mindset was yeah. incredible. That's awesome. So what was it like? Tell us, uh, you know, in the business world, we talk about rituals and habits and things you got to do to be successful. And we can talk about that in a little bit. Um, but, and maybe even compare that now um, to the business world that you're in, but also back when it was every five days. You know, what was the off season like? What was it during the season? What were your habits, rituals to become successful? Yeah, uh, I would tell you, you know, you, you, you hit on a big thing that, that I'm a big believer in, and that is, you know, you kind of create your routines and you create your habits, and then your habits and routines, they create you. And, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a very systematic person, and I think it comes from growing up in that baseball world. You know, I, I think about simple things like, spring training and pitchers fielding practice it's like we all hated it uh we had to do it every single day in spring training and i and i and i just re remember uh the the times where it was like you'd stand on the mound and you'd throw the ball into home plate you'd have a coach uh, with the fungo hitting the ball to the first baseman and you break to cover first base in the thousands and thousands and thousands of times that we would have to do it and we all we all know we have to do it and y'all and 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 all pitchers know ball hit to the right you got to cover first right. base but the reason they it was the reasons they did it is because at game speed in a game that counts you don't have time to think i got to get over you have to react and it had to become a habit and i would tell you that after baseball going into the business world and going into the self development uh, i'm a massive teacher of habits and that they create us you know the most successful people in the world, they just have a, they have less bad habits than some of the other people. And, uh, and they have less bad habits and they have great habits and they create extraordinary routines. Yeah, there's a, I don't know if you've ever uh, seen the Common Denominator of Success. It's a great little piece. It's a PDF. You could uh, Google it for those listening. And it's, it talks about what successful people do compared to unsuccessful people. And it says that, you know, successful people do uh, consistently what unsuccessful people aren't willing to do. Yeah. It's about creating a habit. Exactly. Right? Exactly. You know, it's crazy. And they talk about habits, you know, there's a lot of science behind it. I don't know what it is. I'm not into science, but there's a lot of science out there. that says it takes 21 days in a row. You can create a habit 30 days in a row. You can create a habit 66 days in a row. You can create a habit. I always tell people you do it every single day until you begin to do it without thinking about it. And now it became a habit. You don't have to st steal any willpower to go and do it or create it. It just becomes you, and it becomes life-changing. 
So what, what did you find your motivation and inspiration? I know you said earlier your dream, there was no plan B. And I always said that in my business world. I, I've never had a plan B. Uh, plan A has to work, right? Yeah. And so what would you say for you? What was your motivation and inspiration for that? You know, a lot of it was, uh, you know, I had, I went through, we went through a family tragedy. I was 15. My uh, younger brother, Jason, was 11. Um, he was struck with leukemia at the age of seven. On his third bout, uh, doctor said his only chance for survival or living any kind of length or uh, time or quality of life was a bone marrow transplant. Uh, my blood matched his. Uh, unfortunately, uh, his body didn't take the marrow, didn't accept it. He went into a coma actually two days before he was supposed to be released from the hospital. Went into a coma, never came out of it, and uh, obviously never walked out of the hospital. So going through that tragedy, and but watching his zest for life, he became one of my greatest coaches, and and never complained, never played, never played victim, uh, took the disease on head on, and uh, lived like a champion, died like a champion, and had a no quit attitude. And and you know, uh, my mother and father, my father talks about how my personality shifted from this laid back kid to somebody that when he didn't have control, tried to control the outcome. And, and, and in my belief, uh, when you look at successful people versus maybe not so successful people is the successful people just resolve. They just, they take the quit option off the table. There there's, and it's not that they don't make adjustments. It's just that most cases, we can't see success because it's hidden around the corner. We just got to get there. Right. And a lot of times people give up before they get there. They don't give it enough time. I tell people all the time, uh, I had this dream from the time that I could walk. So it was 20, 21, 22 years that I pursued Major League Baseball. And a lot of times people don't hit a goal in 22 minutes. It's like, well, let me give up on this right. one. New Year's What's resolutions, next? right? They last those goals that... At, at, at 11.45 on New Year's <laughs> Eve, by 12.15, they've blown it, right? And, and uh, I say, hey, you know, you, you just got to give it time. You, gotta, you might have to learn new skills. You might have to learn some new habits. You might have to create some new routines. But, but success is really that simple and just staying with it long enough. Right. You, know? you know, I think one of our mottos, our firm, Visionary Wealth Advisors, we talk about creating your inheritance. And it's, it's not wait for somebody to die and get your money, right? Go out there and make it happen. Right. It sounds to me yeah. like that's the old fashioned way. Yeah, I love it. man. Absolutely. Yeah. Make you it know. happen and don't wait on somebody else to do it for you. You got to do it yourself. Dream big, live yeah. big, all those. That's things. it. So. I say it all the time. Don't wait on Washington. Don't wait on Wall Street. Don't right. wait on an economy. You know, it's up to us to go secure our future. And and, uh, you know, the mentality of instant gratification drives me crazy. You know, it's like, hey, take this pill or or do this program. And in 30 days, you got abs and abs yeah, of steel right. right and you're in the greatest shape of your life no it you know what it, it to create a lifestyle of health and fitness it's like the same thing in business it takes time man it takes consistency and and the instant gratification society that we're in you know what most people don't know is when they see a company and it comes on board and it's like it looks like an overnight success well right. people didn't see the pain right. to get there they didn't might they maybe they didn't see the years that it took that company and the people of that company to get to that place where it looked like an overnight success, yeah. but it was might have been a decade. Yeah, or the risks they took and so, the life savings and yeah, all the stuff. That, that's exactly yeah. right. So what would you say for business people in the baseball world, uh, business leaders, whatever it may be, I mean, you know, especially as a pitcher, right? You have a bad night. And, yeah. and so how do you balance back to 
five days later, that's got to be the longest five days of your life if, after you get just crushed, right? And yeah. so how do you bounce back from that? Short term, you got to have short term memory. You got to learn, right? So it must take, teach you guys that. Every baseball yeah, player on here said short term. Short term memory. memory. <laughs> yeah, you know exactly. But I mean, the most successful people are the ones that can wake up the next day, and and maybe that bad game or or those bad moments, uh, and you got to put yourself back into the state to be one of the best in the world. You know, um, I would tell you as a starting pitcher, it's like once every five days. So a bad day is a bad week. Right now, I'm going to tell you something. Try losing five consecutive starts in a row, where you, where it's not, it's not like you. I pitched well and lost five games. How about pitching poorly and losing five games? That's a bad month. It's a bad month. Now, a bad month means that means one sixth of your year baseball season being six months. That means one sixth or two, right, or two twelfths of your year is horrible. Yeah, And you're looking over your shoulder, and you just can't. You can't look over your shoulder. You have to learn. You have to move on. Uh, you know, a lot of times my father would tell me, you know, it's like you learn from it. You have short-term memory, but at the same time, uh, long-term memory from a standpoint of learn. Don't make the same mistakes twice. But at the end of the day, it was always keep it simple. Go back to the bullpen. Get your work in. Remember how you got there and go battle yeah. again. It's been a huge learning for me just doing this show, even, even with my experience, is just that short-term memory, bouncing back, believe in yourself, get back to the process, and be successful. Yeah. You know, and a lot of times, you know, it's like the the the, the things like fear and the things like self-doubt uh, and, and all of those things, when you're discouraged, I always tell people, just take more action. Yep. See, because if you can get yourself back in action, you can create a result. The result starts to create more belief and creates more confidence, and then you're back at the top right. of the mountain. But when times are tough, just take more action. So how do you define success? Wow. Fulfillment. I like it. Great question. Fulfillment. You know, I would always I say, you know, yeah, I can't be great on the field and bad off the field. Um, so what does it mean to me? It means fulfillment in all aspects of my life. It's not so much about how much money I have in the bank, but it's about being just fulfilled in what we do. And I, I think that's the thing that I love most about where I'm at now, you know, uh, early on, first part of my life was truly all about me, about me hitting my goals, about uh, having the dreams and aspirations and 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 uh, chasing maybe the money scorecard score or scoreboard and, and having a certain amount of money meant being successful. And at the end of the day, it's really nothing about the money. It's just truly about being fulfilled in all aspects yeah. of my life. Yeah. So how do you sure. stay in the moment? I had somebody on here this week, we were recording and we talked about being in the moment, right? Because that can be hard, especially when you're chasing your goals, you're chasing your dreams, but yet, you know, you would say you have five kids, five, five kids. kids. I've got four <laughs> kids and you know, life's busy, right? And so yeah, how, how do you, how sure. does Todd stay in the moment? I got a thing I call zone. And, um, you know, actually I just came out with a goals planner called the zone playbook, uh, your playbook for success. And it's about hitting goals, but it's about getting in the zone. And, and, you know, my wife was a great coach on this because, you know, as I'm building business and I'm getting wrapped up around it, uh, you know, even when you get home, sometimes, you know, you're finishing up, you're at home, but you're finishing up your day at the office or you're planning your next day at the office. And my wife said to me one day, she says, you know, when you come home from being on the road, you forget to come home. You're still not here. And I was like, wow, mm, I said, like what are you talking about? She says, do you realize that your kids, you know, they know you're not present with them 
And I was like, wow. And what a lesson. And, and, you know, now I have a habit when I walk in the door, I set my phone up and, and, and it's about my wife and it's about my kids. And when I'm on a date with my wife and we go on dates, but when we're on a date, it's not like my cell phone is sitting on the table and I'm texting or answering calls or saying, Hey honey, excuse me for a second. It becomes all about her. I always say, wherever you're at, be there a hundred percent. You're going to produce more anyway. Right. You know, all the things that we go through in our minds and the worry and planning and this and that. It's like, hey, look, do be become the best you can be in the moment that you're in. And then 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 when I got to a point where I'm with my kids, be with my kids. And I got to tell you, you know, it's so cool to have the relationship I do with my kids of being a great listener and not just a talker and not somebody who's on the phone or, hey, dad's busy or I got an important meeting or I got to take important phone calls. So. My wife was a great coach, and, and, and it was kind of a, a shock when she says, when you're home, you're still not home. Right. And I was like, wow. And like a great wife comment to us, yeah. right? To bring yeah. us back to reality. That's right. I That's like it. it. I like you know, it. No matter, you, know, you know the old saying, no matter how successful you are, you still got to take out the garbage. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> I'm going to give a little shout-out to my eighth-grade teacher, Mr. Harshbarger. He, he said to me one time, and, and I was probably talking too much or mouthing, who knows, but he said, you have two ears and one mouth use them proportionately yeah. right so to your point of listening yeah. to your kids and it, it can be it's tough right you go home and you're checking an email or you're doing something it, it's hard for sure that, that for mode. sure so so now when you hear the word vision and now you talked about vision a, a lot already and i think that's so important um but when you hear that word vision what's that mean to you yeah it's where we're going it's a it's an emotional feeling of of uh of the future you know or where i'm going uh, or what my plan looks like, and, and you know, I, I, I'll bring it to this. It's this, um, you know, um, you, everybody. It today we are where we are, based on choices we've made, based on decisions we've made, uh, based on the actions we've taken, and sometimes we can find ourselves in places where we have some uh, tough circumstances. Now, what I would say is the more power you give to your circumstances, the more of your circumstances you're going to get in return. And I always tell people, it doesn't matter where we are. It makes no difference where we are today. It only matters where we're going. And can we see ourselves being successful? Can we believe that it's possible for us? And whatever that vision, see, as a little kid, I had the vision of playing Major League Baseball. And I used to tell people, it didn't matter what they said, what they thought. what It, it didn't matter how bad of a game I had in college or high school because it didn't matter where I was at. It was where I was going. And my vision was so strong, I could not only see the f- future, I could feel it emotionally. I tell people I could smell the hot dogs in the ballpark, mm-hmm. and I could hear the roar of the crowd. See, I could put myself in that place. So, With The work you do now, because I'm a big believer in this, is, is really defining and actually – almost drawing a picture in your mind. Like, you know, I have a, a huge goal to have a, a summer home, right? A yeah, second home on the water. Sure. And to your point, I can hear the birds. I can smell the water, all that stuff. And so for me on down days, those are the things I go and think about, right? And yeah. I, I see, I was just at lunch with a guy, Rich Call today in our firm, and, and he and I were talking about that, making those memories and those experiences with your kids. And so when you think about that, is is that in your mind, did you have it? so clear in your mind that's what you tell people today in the business world yeah absolutely and don't forget it's the journey right you know it's like we fight so much for this end result 
And it kind of goes back to the definition of success is when I get there, am I going to be fulfilled? No. Or am I fulfilled by being in the journey now and just understanding and giving power to my vision of what I'm chasing? And I would, I would say those down days are the remind you how tough it is, how difficult. And you're being tested and the champion that lives inside us is also being sculpted. See, if we didn't have down days, we never become, we could never, we, ha- we would never get, we would never find our human potential. You know, you have to have those down days. And, uh, you know, I, I love them. I, I, I tell people all the time is, is fall in love with the journey, fall in love with the pain, but never give power to the current circumstances. Always give power to your vision and just understand that, hey, remember what we're chasing is significant. That's and great. being in the journey of significance, that's fulfillment, man. Well, it's very profound and lots of great stuff. Lots of notes hopefully being taken right now in your awesome, stuff. Man. So talk to us about your, your playbook. You, you mentioned that, and I know you got a book coming out as well. Why don't you, you know, kind of plug those, talk about them, and uh, where yeah, can people so find them? Yeah, they're both centered around a system I call the Nine Step for Success. Uh, my book comes out in July, Relentless Success. Um, you know, the book was really inspired by hanging out with my father about a year and a half ago. Uh, he's been battling cancer, multiple myeloma, 16-year bout. And, and you know, I was up, in, uh, was up in Seattle about a year and a half ago with him. We're at the hospital, and, you know, he's tough situation. He's running uh, fevers of over 105, and, and he's going through all of these things and is getting chemo treatments. And three days later, he's leading the family out of the hospital. We're all looking at each other like, man, this guy is unbelievable. He's a fighter. He's a champion. And we get home, and... And when we get home, he says to me, he says, Todd, he says, will you take me for a drive in the mountains? And I'm like, yeah. And I jump in his pickup and he gets in the passenger and we're driving up through the mountains and we're looking at these beautiful homes there and in, in, in Snoqualmie Pass up there in the Northwest. And he says, you know, one day I'm going to probably buy a home up here in the mountains. And I was like, wow, one day I'm going to buy a home in the mountains. See, he had still had vision for his life. He was still you know, putting the power in his vision and not his current circumstances. And I remember I was like blown away at his thought process and his mindset. And, and I got home, we got back to his house that night and I'm up in the guest room and I'm staring at the ceiling and I'm like, wow, I've been so blessed. I've been around incredible champions, incredible achievers through life. And, and I've, and I've, and I've acquired so many lessons. And every time I was at a place, the only way that I went to a place higher was somebody took me there. It didn't, it wasn't just about me. It was somebody helping me get there. And I thought how selfish for me to just keep all the lessons for me. And I was inspired to write a book and it was going to be dedicated to my father. And it was about growing up with the incredible mentorship that I had started in Yankee stadium. But here I was all these years later, he was inspiring me more than ever. Uh, to never stop fighting, to never stop dreaming. It doesn't matter what your circumstances are, how old you are, where you're at in life. And I was like, man, I got to pour and pass this on. So came home, wrote the book. Uh, It's going to come out July 1st, Relentless Success. And it's about me going through all the different aspects. Uh, uh, It's not just a baseball book. There's a lot of baseball stories, but, you know, it's a book on dealing with the tragedy of losing my brother. It's a it's a, there's some tragic events that I had with a teammate off the field. Uh, uh, there's the economic downturn of 2008, 2009 that affected us. And I talk about, and I walk through how, how the effect on us and what we did. And, and there's always somebody there in every chapter that helped me get to the next place. And, 
And then the playbook for success, uh, we just pre, pre-sold it, just launched it. Um, it's a goal-setting process uh, married with a daily planner, married with the mindset of getting in the zone where there are no distractions, we're 100% focused on the task at hand, where only that's the only place peak performance happens. And it's a system, a success system that I walk through, and it's one that I've acquired from being around champions. So well, you lead by example, right? It's yep. not like it's just some guy that hasn't done it, and he says, oh, I'm going to put a book together. You've done it. Yeah, exactly. And like I say, I, when I say I've done it, I've done it with a lot of help and a lot of great coaches and a lot of mentors and, and uh, along the way, and I'm just a combination of all those people. I like it. What, uh, what risk, uh, when you look back on your life, what risk are you happy you took? Um, wow. Probably, you know, I would say that the, the risk to uh, put myself out there, I would say that in 1989, getting sent down for the second straight time and, you know, the world telling me I wasn't like my father and, and, and that risk was, you know what? Um, and, and I got to tell you, I was so close to giving up on my dream at that time where I was like, man, I'm just, you know, it's the second time I've been sent down. I'm just not, I'm not when I'm playing in the major leagues, I'm just not performing and, and, you know, for the first time in my life, the only time in my life where I thought about, is this possible? And I was so close to starting to think, what am I going to do? And I made the decision. I said, you know what? I'm going to go all in. I'm going to go all in. And if I fail, I'm going to fail in front of the world. And if I win, I'm going to win in front of the world. But I'm never going to have the regret. I tell you that uh, um, regret is very painful. It lasts a lifetime, right? right? And I say the pain of success is for only a short period. So, But either way, you're going to pick a road. There's, they're both going to be painful. So Regret regret weighs uh, tons. Discipline yes. weighs ounces, yeah, right? That's it, boss. So. Yes. Yes, sir. What, um, and I don't think we talked about this, but you know the fears. We all put fears in our mind. A lot of us are driven by fear. How much of the fear that you had in your life actually came true to the magnitude that you put it in your mind that it was going to happen? Never. They're lies. Right. You know, I say fears are like ceilings, right? Uh, A fear is a lie that we tell ourselves. A ceiling is something artificial we build above that says that that's all we can achieve. Those are lies, man. And, And I'm, you know, today... Uh, my goal is to inspire people to dream like they've never dreamed, uh, to get back to being having childlike dreams, going for it, putting yourself out there. Uh, the opinions of other people. I talk about fighting the enemy. Fighting the enemy can be the fears that we uh, that w- we can self sabotage. Ceilings above our, ha- our our the ceilings above us are like ones we we build and trap ourselves into a life of being mediocre. Uh, I say BS on it all. They're all right. lies, man. Yeah. It's, you know, so. And that's why, I mean, people are probably like, guys, yeah, that's not the same question again. I, I ask it because very few people have said that they actually, yeah, do come true. They, they are. They're lies. That's mm-hmm. why I asked the question because I know I'm guilty of it. We're all guilty of, oh, my gosh, this is going to happen. It's going to be yeah. terrible. I'm going to, yeah. you know, whatever. And it never happens. Right. Yeah. So, exactly. but, but be strategic and make good decisions. That's and right. Don't be crazy. Yep. But, that's right. Yeah. Absolutely. So the circuit of success, as you can see here, drawn up on my window, uh, top left is attitude. So that, that's one of the pillars. And so talk to us about attitude, why that's so important. Yeah, well, you know, I, I think it goes back to, you know, I've never seen anybody that has a bad attitude, right, that, that has achieved great results. They just don't go right. hand in hand, right? 
And, and uh, you know, I came from the world of I can, not I can't. And, and I will, not that I won't. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I'll talk to people and, and I'll be traveling or whatever. And they say, Todd, I'm having a bad day. And I say, man, there's no such thing. And it's like, what are you talking about? It's like, and they'll start telling me about all of the things. I said, those are bad moments. I said, you're the one in charge of making a bad day. And really, that has everything to do with your attitude. Yeah. You want to make it a bad day, you can make it a bad day. You want to make it a great day, you can make it a great day. See, whatever you think, you're going to prove right. So 100% of the time, we're always going to be right. It always starts with your attitude. Right. Yep, yeah, for sure. So I tell my kids when I say, I can't. I'm like, you're right. <laughs> yeah, If you exactly. believe that, you yeah. can't do it. You got it. So, so you get your attitude, and then rejection comes in, right? We all deal with rejection every single day. And so my belief is that there's got to be beliefs in your life that allow you to overcome that rejection? What would you say the the beliefs that you have that make you successful? Um, well, good one. You know, I mean, I, I, I will say that, first of all, rejection is, is that place of saying, I got to find a different way. Maybe I have to make an adjustment. Uh, you know, I love what Jim Rohn says, it's the set of the sale, right? And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, it's about finding a way. I talk, I tell people, and I talk to people a lot of times, it's will be like water, runs into a boulder or goes around. It finds a different way. Um, you know, rejection is a part of it, you know, and, and can be a part of it. And it can be in major leagues, I could be rejected because I had a poor game or this or that, or, you know, uh, all of these things. But, uh, you know, it's a part of what makes us. And, and when it comes to belief, you know, in my mind, it's like, once again, belief is about being sold out to a vision of where we're going and, and then resolving to says that I'm going to get there no matter what. Yep. I like it. And then once you have that belief, there's gotta be some faith that goes along with that yep. because it, it does, to your point, it takes 20 years, right? To build yeah. a dream sometimes it's, it's very sure. rare. So we got to have the faith but ultimately it gives us to the activities that you got to do every single day. So what are you telling people now in your coaching world that, they got to do activity wise every day to be successful. Yeah. I always say that, you know, when people are having tough days, tough times, tough months, or they're having a tough time getting into momentum in business, I always say, take more action. You know, success at the end of the day is a numbers game. So just take, let's take more action. So if you're in sales, I got to do, maybe I got to do more calls. If I, if I'm a one out of 10 guy, right. And, and, and I need a hundred sales. Well, guess what? I got to make a thousand calls. Right. It's numbers. So uh, I always tell, for me, at the end of the day, it's always about taking more action. Always about taking more action. You know, I, I, and, I think about, and I think about faith and, and fear and faith and belief and non-belief. You know, and I played with one of the greatest closers. Actually, he played right here with me, uh, Dennis Eckersley. And I remember we were in a meeting one time, in a pitcher's meeting in spring training, and Dave Duncan being our pitch, pitching coach and and he said to Dennis, he said, Dennis, you know, and here's this Hall of Fame right. closer. He goes, ever. what drives you? And Dennis says, fear. I was like, I'm a starting pitcher. And I'm thinking, hold on a minute. Right. You're my, closer, my, butt, right? my closer is afraid. And here's what Dennis said. He says, but see, my fear is that I come in and blow the game so that the team loses. And the starting pitcher or whatever that pitched a great game, I screwed up his game. And the fear of that outcome drives me into more action and to be more aggressive. And I was like, wow, that's awesome. That is- and you can think today, what are you afraid of? Do more of it. Right. right? Just go get into action and you'll, you'll realize that that fear and the whole 
that whole thing of fear was just nothing more right. than, you know, We'll continue on the circuit of success, but my ADD kicked in, and uh, jokingly here, but what, what's it like when a guy blows a save and, and you got to see him in the locker room? I've never asked anybody that, but I always wonder that. Yeah, you know, it's like, you, well, first of all, it's kind of like, you know, you, you, you have to be selfless. Right. So it's not, you know, I always say, if I have a great day, uh, we might win. Right. Doesn't mean we will win. And but if I have a bad day, chances are we're losing as a starting pitcher. Uh, but the amount of, you know, the amount of stress and especially if it's a one run game or, oh. or you turn the ball over to the closer and you got base runners everywhere, you know, you can get into some brutal situations. But, you know, it's like, look, we know that that's typically, you know, especially with a Dennis Eckersley, it's like, hey, he's the best in the game. He's not going to be perfect. And it, hey, look, at the end of the day, you know, I would go up to him right away and say, hey, man, don't worry. We'll get him next time. You have to be selfless. And it has to be about the team win and not the personal win. And 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 I always say, man, you can't take it so serious that and and, and but at the end of the day, it's like it's it's about not being it's it's not about you at the end of the day. And I'll go back to what I said earlier pretty cool being the worst player on the best club in the world right? <laughs> right so it's not about my individual statistics at the end of the day to win championships it's about what's going on in the team i like so. it so uh, after activities you got to have courage you got to have discipline to do those every single day and then ultimately that leads you to the fourth pillar of this uh, circuit of success and that's results right so how do you define results kind of what you talked about earlier how you define success what was that like in your life yeah so um you know, once again, defining success about being fulfilled for me, but being fulfilled is about the journey, you know, and, 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 you know, for me, it's just, you know, it's a big circle of this, but, uh, you know, the results are whatever they are, you know, and, and, and in this pursuit to the climb of the mountain. So for me, it was to get to the major leagues and yep. it's like, okay, that's a result, but now I got to figure out a way to stay and I had to be consistent. And you have to overcome, you know, uh, and, and one of the things you have to be, you know, in order to stay at the major league level, you have to be a great loser. You have to be great at failing and then yet being able to come back and then still perform at a high level. Uh, so results mean that uh, your journey, you, you are where you are in your journey. But for me, results means look up what's the next mountain to climb. You know, uh, successful people never stop growing. They never stop trying to achieve. They never stop trying to get better. They never stop learning. And the minute you stop learning or achieving, you, bas you basically have flattened out. and You begin to build a ceiling above you. So results are just part of the journey. Yep. And, and so when you look at that journey now, and, and you've had a great journey, a great life, and I appreciate you sharing all that stuff with us. What, what are you passionate about now that you, you kind of wish you had more time for? Um, you know... Well, I'm doing it, man. I'm living it, actually. I don't, I don't have any regrets. Um, you know, I'm out there, you know, and I'm pounding the road. And, and uh, you know, I want to be an inspiration to people dreaming. But I don't want them to just dream. Uh, you know, I'm doing everything I can to help them create process, to create change. And, and uh, um, once again, you know, the first half of my life was about me. I want to make the second half of my life about other people. What's incredible is I'm building a business around helping people. And to me, that's massive fulfillment. Yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah, it's awesome. So I give Todd Stottlemyer uh, $10 bucks right now. I write you a check. You can't pay off debt. You can't uh, give it to charity. What are you doing? 
can't pay off debt. And you can't give it to charity. And I can't give it to charity. <laughs> um, because I can't give you an answer right now, I live by the rule that uh, when you get a big payday, you should take a cooling off period. I like and it. and create some wisdom around the money. I like that. Yeah. That's good. You know, so many times, you know, you think about right? that'd be like hitting the lottery, right? right? Somebody getting ten million dollars, hit the lottery, and they buy a new car, and they buy a new home, and, and they buy broke their, in nine months, and then yeah. they write back to exactly where they were because you know a lot of maybe they didn't have the wisdom to have the ten right. million. So. Yeah. If today you write me a check for 10, 10 million, I, I would probably, uh, I would take the weekend off and I uh, would spend it with my family. And then uh, I would, I would see who's smarter than me about this $10 million. And I go search them out to help use the 10 million uh, for it to be a pathway to more growth. I like that. That's a great answer. Thank you. Great answer. What's on, uh, what's on your bucket list? What, you know, life's about experiences, right? So when you mm-hmm. think about all the cool things you've done from winning World Series to coaching and developing people all over the world now, what's the experience on top of your bucket list? Um, wow, that's a great question. You know, um, I've been so blessed, man. And, you know, um, you know, I'm not a person today with a bunch of wants. I know it kind of sounds sad, right? But no. I think the, um, you know... Um, maybe, you know, if I, if I had to, if I had to, if you, if you pigeonhole me today and I have to come up with something, I would just tell you, I want to, I want to travel the world with my family. I would love for my family to see my kids, to see, uh, all different cultures, races, religions. Uh, um, I'd like to, I'd like for them to see all different, uh, places around the world to just maybe understand that, uh, the country we live in, just how great it is, how great the opportunities are for them. And, and um, so, but I don't, I don't have this wish list or this bucket list uh, that I would like to go do this or do that. I, I, well, I tell you what, I'll come up with one. I want to go fishing with my dad. Oh, again. I like it. Yeah. How's he doing right he's, now? He's battling. You know, we just, he just got out of the hospital. Uh, he's fighting the good fight. Yeah. Uh, we're back to the, we're back on the the side of the fence. Good days, and we're just looking for the next uh, great day to be back on the river together. So. Well, that's yep. awesome. I hope it. you do that yeah, soon. Man. Sooner you. rather than later, yeah, man. man. Make it happen. Yeah. Thank you. What uh, What would you do right now if you knew you couldn't fail? I know uh, you're probably going to say you're doing it. Right? Yeah, I, would, but, I was just going to say I, I am doing it, and and you know I I don't I'm not, I'm not the guy or I'm not the person that um, worries or or thinks about failure. You know, matter of fact, my wife says all the time. She goes, "You just don't care what other people." what they think. And I said, well, I don't, I don't know if it's not that I don't care right. what they think, but, and what she was referring to is what they think about what you're doing or how you're doing it or anything else and, and other people's opinions. And I said, well, that's not necessarily true is if somebody, and there's a lot of people smarter and I try to surround myself with smarter people, experts, coaches, and, and because I know that they can help me get closer to human potential. But, uh, you know, I don't, I don't look, I don't think of things of, well, I would do this if I was guaranteed to win. I, I, I believe that if I put my mind to it, if I have vision, I put a goal around it, I can win. I, I, see, I, have, I come from the place where everything is possible. And I tell people the impossible just hasn't been done yet. And if you're striving to do the impossible, we need you to do it to prove and validate to everyone else that it's possible for them. Right. Well, it's cheesy, but it's true. It's how do you spell yeah. impossible? Yeah. Impossible. Impossible. Right? <laughs> cheesy, but true, right, yep, man? Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> 
Um, so in closing here, I always like to, when I get the, uh, the fortunate opportunity to talk to people that won a World Series. I'm a big baseball guy and, and just love it. And uh, opening day starting Sunday. Can't wait. Hopefully smoke the Cubbies. And uh, anyway, what was it like in 1992, 1993? Kind of walk us through that, that day, that the day you win the World Series. You, you get the, the hold the trophy above your head. What's that like? You know, it's a funny, you know, and if you watch, and, and, and I laugh at it now, but if you watch, you know, you see the post-game interviews. It's like, you know, the game just got over and, and a team just became a world championship team. And, and they start interviewing the players and, and they don't even know how to respond. Right. Out of and, body. And, and, it's, and it's kind of surreal, but it's crazy because it's hard to put it all into words. And then, then if you ask people a week later, a month later, or a decade later, or multiple decades, like for me, you know, it was truly about, it was about the journey. It was about, there was something that happened during the year where the team gelled and came together and, and, uh, and it was an incredible group of men. I always say at 705, man, we, we went to war. Right. And, and uh, you know, I will say this, that after 92, I, re- I do remember going to spring training in 93, and the team still had a chip on its shoulder. And, and it was like, okay, we were world champs. We're going to be called world champs this year because we're the world champs from last year. But we're going to win a championship game we're going to win the championship again this year so we can be not only world champs this year, we'll be world champs again next year. And it was like a chip to continue to repeat, you know, and, uh, and that was amazing because the first year, maybe not expected. The second year, our team was so good. We were expected to almost repeat and to be able to repeat when you're expected to win was much different than when you're not expected to win. And it was, it was probably uh, the, the second. I mean, they're all special. And I love what actually Derek Jeter says. So you go to a World Series and, and you don't win the World Series, but, but at least you were the second best club in the year. And he was like, no, you're a loser. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, just it's like, like you else. go to win. But, uh, and I was lucky, man. The teams that I played on that went to a World Series, we won. We didn't. So I never felt the agony of getting there and almost becoming a world champion. So I was very blessed. Yeah, it's a big deal. So then you go in the locker room and just pour So the feel, the feel, yeah, the feel is, is like you don't know and you're just excited and you're jumping up and down. And then, like I say, a week later, it kind of all comes in. It's like, wow, you're a part of something that uh, is never going away. You know, and it's funny today I get introduced uh, when I go and speak and they're like, and you know, two-time world champion, here, right? Yeah. And it's like, and I'm thinking to myself, it's like, yeah, it was 92, 93. This is 2017. But that identity of playing on a world championship team Forever. never goes away. Never. Yeah. Nobody can ever take that away that's from it, you. Man. Nobody. Yeah, that's Especially it. to repeat. That's yeah. big. Not many people can say that. That was pretty cool. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, just, I find it just absolutely fascinating. I think it's one of the coolest things on earth. I mean, even March Madness, you know, this, this weekend and Monday, yeah. you know, it's, it's that journey, right? It's yeah. the brotherhood. It's the, it's the blood, the sweat, the tears, the... Uh, the journey that you went on, the bumps along the the way, and then to to win. Yeah, it's just I don't know. You know, like, and there's so many there's so many things. There's so many obstacles. People don't you know you don't like they they see it and it's over and you're like oh and then whatever. But man, there was to from the first day of spring training to that last game where you're declared a world champion. There are so many ups and downs. Yeah, 
I mean, it's not like you win them all, right? It's not like you never go into a slump and it's not like you don't go through injuries and it's not like we don't have families off the field that are making massive sacrifices. There is so much that goes into it. And, and you're right, though, the brotherhood, um, you know, we did the reunion, uh, uh, you know, a few years back for those 92, 93 teams. And I remember we played in a golf tournament, a charity golf tournament before the game that day. And then we were going to all be introduced back out on the field. But I remember we all got on the bus and we all like sat in the same seats we did 20 years. (laughs) And we all started, you know, the same conversations. And it's like, but the brotherhood hasn't changed. You know, that love affair that you have with those guys you win with is forever. Well, it's such an elite group, right? I mean, guys like me don't get it. And you're with them. You're with those people for that season more than you are with your own family. Right. They truly become family yeah. forever. Well, my friend, I've had a great time with you today. This time has absolutely flown by for me. And um, what you know, in closing, where can our guests find more from you? Social media, websites, where's that at? Yeah, the easiest thing to do is go to toddstottlemeyer.com and and uh, from the website you can uh, we you know we can link up together on all the social media: Facebook, yeah. Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, all those places. The YouTube channel, but. Uh, Hey man, come and be a part of the group. And you know, I, I, I would tell you that in 2017, it's about a relentless pursuit of uh, helping people uh, get as close as we can to the human potential. Come be a part of it. I love it. Uh, we'll, have some fun. well, I appreciate you being here. It's been great. And uh, good luck with all your success. Thank I know you, you have sir. a lot of it. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Bye bye. <laughs> Tune in next week for another episode of The Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and through our website, circuitofsuccess.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and email any questions to info at circuitofsuccess.com. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.